This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Galatians chapter 4, the fourth chapter in Galatians. I'm going to read this chapter, and I'd like if you would to just, with your hand, tap a finger every time I mention a child being born, or a child, all right? I just want you to do that simple exercise. What I'm saying, Paul writes, is that as long as an heir, that's a little child, is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it? that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces, do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you, and even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where, then, is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. How have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I'm with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childhood until Christ is formed in you, how I wish... I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? 
For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now, you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Now, I'm going to make that plain and simple in a second. But first of all, are you with me in how many times he mentioned birth, being born, children, moms? I mean, it's through the entire chapter. And that's my question. Why is law and grace compared to being born and being children. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as always, we ask your Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds and hearts that we may understand your word. We need to hear from you, and we thank you that you speak today. You do speak to us. You know exactly what's going on in our lives, and we invite you to speak in that still, small voice, that holy whisper that gets our attention and goes right to the core of our being and transforms us. So Lord, our spiritual ears are open. Help us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is the law and grace compared to being born and being children? Three points here, and uh, they are these. That as Paul is putting the cookies on the bottom shelf, making it easy for everyone to understand the concept of law and grace, that they cannot be mixed, that they are mutually exclusive principles, he's saying three things. Number one, a child is free, but an adopted full-grown heir, a child is not free, but an adopted full-grown heir is free. So in other words, in the Roman society, even if you were the child of the wealthiest person in the Roman province, you were still under a guardian's thumb. You were still under the slave who was responsible for disciplining you and guiding you everywhere. You weren't free. You were no different than a slave. But when you reached of age to inherit, you had all the access of the estate. Well, when you receive Christ, you're no longer a little child under the thumb of a tutor or guardian. You are a full-grown son of God with all the rights and privileges therein and thereof. Isn't that great? 
that the highest social position in the Roman society would be to be called a son. That is, a legal inheritor of all your father's estate. And when you receive Christ, you're automatically made a son or daughter of God, and you have been blessed with all the riches in the heavenlies. They're yours now. How exciting is that? Secondly, Paul compared law and grace to being born and being children because a parent wants his or her children to be free. How many of you are concerned about your son or your daughter or your grandkids or your great-grandkids? Maybe they didn't make the best of choices and and you're, you're travailing. You are in labor pains praying for them to find the right path to get back to the Lord, right? Well, that's Paul. He is saying, I am in labor pains that you would get back to being free instead of going back into bondage. And the third reason that Paul compared law and grace to being born and being children is because a child born of grace, that is the promise, is not a slave to the law. Once you're born of God by the Holy Spirit through faith in Christ, you're not a slave to the law anymore. Actually, the Spirit of God inside you gives you a love for God and a desire to obey God that no external law could ever motivate you to do. It's a difference between extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is you better behave or else. And you know what happens when someone lays down the law? There's something that wants to rebel inside of you. You know, the kid is told, sit down, sit down. I'm telling you to sit down right now. And the kid sits down, but in his mind he says, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. External motivation does not work. But intrinsic motivation, God placing his spirit into our hearts through faith in Jesus Christ, suddenly we have a love for God who first loved us. We have a desire to obey Christ because he laid down his life for us in our place and paid for our sins. We are motivated to be obedient and to follow the Lord and to serve him because he's made us his very own children. Let's look at this. First of all, a child is not free, but an adopted, full-grown heir is free. Galatians 4, 1-7. In 1-2, it says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no longer, no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. This reminds me of my adopted grandmother. My real grandmother on my mother's side died a month before I was born. And before she died, she laid hands on my pregnant mom's womb when I was inside, and she prayed I would be a man of God. And my mom never told me that. And so when I was a little kid, my adopted grandmother, a woman in the church, would come and babysit us four boys. And that was a handful. And she spoke Spanish. And back then I knew only a little bit about Spanish because my parents used it when they wanted to talk about something they didn't want the kids to understand. 
And there's one word I understood the most. It was like, you better behave or you're going to get a puño. <laughs> you better behave or you're going to get punched. <laughs> That's what my adopted grandmother would say. So as a little child, I was under a guardian, you might say. And that guardian, uh, you know, had me under her thumb. And I had to watch my... Uh, myself uh, to behave very carefully because I were under these restrictions. So the Jewish nation for thousands of years having given, been given the, the law under Mount Zion, from Mount Zion, were under the ABCs, the kindergarten, preparing them for their Messiah. The ABCs were saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And the purpose of the law was not to justify themselves, and you couldn't get life from the law. The purpose of the law was to show you how much you needed grace, how much you needed to be saved by the Messiah, not by your works. So it was a training ground. And so it goes on, in the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the ABCs, the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his, forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. When the Messiah came at the perfect time, according to God's timetable, when he had prepared the world to receive his son, God's son, Jesus, came to redeem us. The word redeem is to purchase us off of the slave block. Can you imagine being auctioned off as a slave? Okay, what will I have for this slave here? You know, he looks like he's in good shape. How about uh, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks? It's demeaning. It's a terrible thing. And then once you're sold off as a slave, you are the property of somebody else. Well, the person that bought you is none other than the devil. The devil is your tyrannical boss. Your, your maniacal, whatever the word is, manager. And there's nothing worse than having the devil as your master. The devil and sin and fear of death were your master. But when the son came, fully human and fully from God, he came, was sent forth from God, he's divine, he was born of woman, he's human. When the Messiah came, his mission was to redeem you, to purchase you with his precious blood. Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine. That if you'll trust in him, your sins are completely forgiven. And the righteousness of Jesus himself is placed upon you. And his spirit is placed in your heart. And you're a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away, the new has come. Praise God that he sent forth his son Jesus at just the right time that we might be adopted as the children, as full-grown sons with all the rights and privileges and perks of being a king's kid. So a child is not free, but an adopted full-grown heir is free. Galatians 4, 1-7 continues in 6-7. And because you are sons, you've come of age, God has sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, 
That is Papa, Father. You have an intimate relationship with God. So you are no longer a slave, but you're a son. And if a son, you're an heir through God. Let's just stop and let that soak in. Who are you, believer? You are a child of God. Not just a child of God, but you are a child who has come of age, who has all the rights and privileges and access to the wealth of heaven. All the resources of heaven are yours in Christ. You are rich beyond belief in Christ. You're not a pauper. You're not a poor old me. You're a king's kid in God's forever family. And don't ever forget that. Celebrate that. And don't go back into bondage. Don't go back to the ABCs because that'll only bring confusion and and, uh, disillusionment and bondage. Secondly, a parent wants children to be free. Galatians 4, 8 to 20 talks about this. Formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved by those that by nature are not God's. In your BC days, that is before Christ, you were a sin to Satan. You were a slave to sin and Satan and to the fear of death. Satan would say, jump, and you'd say, how high? But when you came to know Jesus Christ, Satan can try to influence you and can, can, uh, command you, say, jump, and you say, I don't have to. I'm not your slave anymore. I am a king's kid. I'm the son of the living God. I'm a daughter of the living God. And so, why return to the old ways? Verses 9 to 11. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain labored over you in vain. I'm afraid that I gave birth to you, that is, led you to the Lord, and now you are denying the Lord's death on the cross, which paid for your sins in full, and you're trying to save yourself by thinking you're getting spiritual points by going to church on high and holy holidays. Okay, some people think that they're going to go to heaven because they go to church on Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter only. Or they may come to church because their, uh, their mom makes them come to church. You know, some people have a drug problem. I, I, I came to church because I was drug here. But you know what? Being in church does not make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is having faith that you can't save yourself, that you can't fulfill and obey all the Ten Commandments. You've broken them, and you're, you're a guilty sinner. And the only way you could be forgiven is to trust in Christ, who paid in full for your sin. And if you'll trust in Him, all your sins are forgiven. And, don't, and you're set free. You are redeemed, taken off of the slave block to follow Jesus and to understand what abundant life is about. Why go backwards when you can move forward? A parent wants children to be free. Listen to Paul's spiritual dad heart. He says, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. He is writing with a firm voice. 
he is writing sternly to his children because he gave birth to them spiritually and he wants Christ to be fully formed in them. That's the goal of the Christian life is to grow in Christ-likeness, in his character and conduct. But they're going backwards instead. And he, if he was with them personally, he'd give them a big hug. He'd put his arm around their shoulder. He says, come on now. You know this doesn't make sense. You know that this is leading you backwards into slavery and bondage. And you know you're denying Christ's death on the cross if you think you can save yourself by your own works. No matter how religious you are, no matter how many um, spiritual hoops you're jumping through, you cannot earn your salvation or your forgiveness or your position with God, your standing with God. It's only through faith in Jesus and his finished work that we're set right with God. So the last point is this. A child born of grace or promise is not a slave to the law. He gives an illustration about Abraham because the Judaizers, the false teachers, are talking about how you've got to obey the law to be spiritual. No. Grace, the promise, came way before the law even existed. Paul writes in 22 to 23, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. You remember that God gave a promise to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a descendant who will inherit your land, your wealth, and continue your lineage, your family name. And God waited 25 years before he gave Abraham and Isaac the son Isaac. Uh, excuse me, gave Abraham and Sarah the son Isaac. He waited until they were 100 years old, beyond childbearing. That's a miracle. But it was a promise. And Abraham believed the promise and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham is the father of faith. He says, God, if you promised, if you have promised me that I'm going to have a physical son, even though my wife and I are beyond being able to reproduce, I believe you. And because he believed the promise, God saved him. We are children of Abraham if we have faith in Jesus because Jesus is the promise from God. So, Paul is making a comparison. The comparison is between Sarah, who's the mother of all who are free, and Hagar, her slave, who is the mother of all those who are slaves. You see, Sarah got nervous. She's like, hey, I'm, I'm beyond childbearing years. I'm going to give you, Abraham, my slave girl, Hagar, so you could marry her and have a son through her. And they did that, and that was legal back then. And the boy born of Hagar was Ishmael, a wild man. And, uh, you know, for 14 years, everything seemed to be okay. Abraham loved Ishmael and so forth. But then Isaac shows up, and Ishmael starts torturing little Isaac. Okay, can anyone relate to this? An sibling rivalry? The older kid teasing, pinching, you know, hitting. I didn't do it. Was it me? 
But the little kid's crying. How, the kid didn't just start crying, you know, because he wanted to cry. Something happened. And that's the conflict that was going on. So now Paul is making an allegory. Pilgrim's Progress is an allegory. It means a narrative with a deeper meaning. So historically, um, we have Sarah and Hagar and Isaac and Ishmael, and they mean something deeper. Sarah represents holy, heavenly Jerusalem. And anyone born of heavenly Jerusalem is free. Hagar represents earthly Jerusalem that's still in bondage because they don't believe in Jesus as Messiah. Anyone born of Hagar is still in bondage. Isaac represents all who trust in the Lord and are a son with access to all the wealth of God and is free. Ishmael represents the flesh and the rebellious nature against God. So this is the analogy or the allegory that he's making. And I'll read about it in verses 24 to 26. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as that time he who was but just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit so also it is now but what does the scripture say cast out the slave woman and her son for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman so brothers we are not children of the slave but of the free woman all right Here's the bottom line for you and me. We cannot mix grace and law. You can't have Sarah and Hagar under the same roof. You cannot mix living by the Spirit, Isaac, and living by flesh, Ishmael, under the same roof. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. You've got to kick out of the house... Hagar and Ishmael. Why? Because they can't be in the same house with Sarah and Isaac. Have you ever had a toxic relationship where there's no way you can be under the same roof with this person? This is the case. Law cannot live with grace. The flesh does not get along with the spirit. Cast them out. If you want to live the Christian life, don't go back to the law. Don't go back to doing things that please the flesh. Live by grace. Live by the Spirit. That's the point. That a true child of promise, like you and I are, like Isaac was, is not a slave to the law. We've been set free. We're a law unto ourselves because the Spirit of God is living through us. All right. So why is law and grace being born, like compared to being born and being children? Because a child is not free 
But an adopted, full-grown heir, a son or daughter, is free. Because a parent wants his or her children to be free, and because a child born of grace promises not a slave to the law. Now I'm going to read a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer after me in a moment. But I want you to just listen to this prayer. This is a response to the word of God that you've just heard preached. Lord, through placing my faith and trust in your son, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord, I want to become a child of grace based upon your promise to have your spirit enter into me to make me an inheritor of every spiritual blessing that you have for me. Help me not to fall back into bondage, but to live freely to be like Christ to your glory. Are you willing to pray that prayer? Would you pray with me out loud? Lord, through placing my faith and trust in your Son, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord, I want to become a child of grace based upon your promise to have your Spirit enter into me to make me an inheritor of every spiritual blessing that you have for me. Help me not to fall back into bondage, but to live freely, to be like Christ, to your glory. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. Amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.